0: Welcome to the Vivid Church Podcast. Wherever you're listening from today, it's our hope that this message would help you reflect the light of Jesus' life for all to see. Well, good morning, Vivid Church. It is so good to be with you today. Hey, whether you're alone or by yourself or with a watch party, I know that you're exactly where God needed you to be for, one, you to hear Him, and two, For him to be able to hear you and i love that you practice the presence of god it is one of the best decisions that you could make and so whether it's a sunday morning or some other moment in the week i believe that you are going to be blessed by today's message and i am excited to join you on this summer road trip series that you've been on my name is calvin forbes and i serve here at the city church in mississauga with my lead pastors brent and nicole Culture. And I just got to take a moment and say we love what Vivid Church is up to, what Vivid Church stands for. Hearing the stories and seeing the stories on Instagram of how God is using uh, Pastor Justin and Jennifer and team, all of you who are involved in this thing called the Vivid Church family in the city of Vancouver has been very Very inspiring and encouraging, challenging, but also selfishly, we love you because you decided to be generous and brave and plant a healthy and new church here in Toronto with Pastor Aaron and Dana. And so we are praying for you. We want to see you win. We're cheering you on. We're alongside you in this mission to share the good news for all to see. And so again, greetings on behalf of my family to yours and um, I just am really encouraged, and very, very privileged to be able to share the word of God with you today. Look, a little context. Today we're going to be talking about a man named Elisha out of the book of Second Kings. And um, if you're taking notes today, we are going to call this this teaching, this sermon, this encouragement. Just keep going. Again, if you're taking notes, just write down. Just keep going because how many of you know it is so easy to stop it is so easy just to give up when the road feels very long it's easy to be distracted by the left and the right what you have what you don't have the disappointments that are along the way, the regret of what we've left behind, the the lack of uh, assurance that we will actually get to where we are going, or that everything we are hoping for is actually ahead of us. We take a lot of moments of pausing to consider and wonder where it is that we find ourselves in relationship to where we are going. But today, I wanna encourage you, just keep going. And my prayer for you before we start is one out of 1 Corinthians 15. Paul is writing to the Corinthian church, and and he says it like this, and this may be a paraphrase, depending on the, the version of the Bible that you read. He says, therefore, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain and that's my prayer for you today and that's going to be a common three theme and a common thread through the teaching and the scriptures and the stories that we're about to walk through and so let's pray together uh, and let's believe that god is going to give us vision and foresight uh, and the guts to continue moving um, and the beautiful thing is this that he never leaves us or forsakes us and that every single step along the way, he is right there beside us. And so let's pray. Father, I love you and I thank you. And Jesus, we are more than grateful for the work that you did on the cross and through the resurrection uh, that you enjoyed. We get to participate in that as well. And so Holy Spirit, I pray that you would bring these words to life. I pray that you, again, would give us vision Lord, that you would give us insight, that you would give us foresight. Lord, that you would help us remain and remain in you as you continue the good work of sealing the good work that Jesus accomplished through his life, his death, and his resurrection. So be with us in Jesus' name. Amen. And hey, I want to commend you again that in the middle of this very uncertain, upside-down world, you decided to practice the presence of God, it is not for naught. It will not be wasted because God is still good. He is still speaking. And he is still with us. And so if you are reading along today if you have your bible i want you to flip over to 2nd kings chapter 2 2nd kings chapter 2 and before i get reading i kind of want to give a little bit of context as you are flipping there we, we find that in first kings uh, we are introduced to a man named elijah now elijah was one of the prophets of, of israel and god had chosen him for for his people to be a person who could listen and hear the word from heaven and speak it out on earth Um, and he he had some incredible moments Uh, and in one moment in particular he is in the middle of a culture war and, and he is on top of a mountain and it's him by himself and the word of god versus 400 prophets of another god and they have this ultimate showdown and and maybe you know the story maybe you don't but in this showdown elijah says my god is greater and alive and he basically challenges these 400 other prophets to prove that their god is as real and as alive as the god of israel and We understand uh, through the text that Elijah's showdown results in his victory, um, and God is made famous in the land. The God of Israel is made famous again in all of the land. But that Elijah, he goes from 100 to zero real quick. He gets super insecure and super nervous. People are wanting to kill him. They are upset, and he finds himself in a cave where God comes and ministers to him and then sends him on the road again. And so Elijah, on this next phase of his mission and his ministry, uh, is instructed to find a successor. He's supposed to find a disciple. He is to become a mentor to a new prophet that God is wanting to communicate to and use. And funny enough, they have basically... Uh, the same name you have Elijah and then he finds a man named Elisha and so sometimes we get those two mixed up and the stories are so very similar but it is all good today we're taking a look at Elisha's encounter and so as Elijah walks towards Elisha the Bible tells us that he takes his mantle right and he places it on top of Elisha signifying hey I have chosen you to come on a long Walk with me. I I am choosing you because God is choosing you. And and the Bible tells us that Elisha is at work. Like he's literally in the middle of his workday. I don't know about you, but if Pastor Justin walked in to your workplace at any given moment, one, you'd probably be very nervous or very confused. And two, if he started just to like prophesy over you in front of all of your coworkers and distract you from what it was that you were doing, it'd be a little bit of an awkward scene, no? Well, we find this, and Elisha accepts the invitation, but he's like, hey, can, can I finish what I'm doing? Can I, can I at least go home and, and say goodbye? Like, I, I want to follow you, but is there a better way than this? And Elijah says, yeah, do, do what you got to do. The Bible tells us this, that Elisha, he takes the plow that he is plowing a field with, and he deconstructs it, he breaks it down, he makes an altar, and then he makes a sacrifice on top of it with the, 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 the animals that he's plowing with. He feeds everybody and then he leaves everything behind and begins to follow Elijah. And it's very similar to the, the encounter that we have with God. Wherever we found ourselves, uh, for some of you, it was at an altar, at, at a youth night. Some of you it was uh, in a small group moment at someone's house. Some of you, it was at conference. Maybe you were just on the bus. For me, I was just on my basement floor and I said, God, I. I hear you. I see you. I sense you. I feel like you're inviting me to go on an amazing adventure that I never asked for myself. And I'm going to pursue you today. Starting today, I'm going to follow you on this path. We have this amazing, amazing, amazing encounter moment. And then we get thrown into where God is calling us to go. And so Elisha begins his long walk with Elijah. They begin serving God and communicating the truth of God every single place that they go. And then when we get to 2 Kings, there's this moment where Elijah understands that his time is up. Like it is time for him to move on to where God is calling him next, and that Elisha is about to take over that mantle so you have a guy who's about to move into glory with god and then another one who's given everything up and is about to accept a greater invitation uh, along the road to the place called bethel and so the story picks up uh, in second kings chapter two and so if you're reading with me we'll start at verse one it says this the time had come for the lord to take elijah up in a whirlwind Elijah and Elisha were traveling from Gilgal, and Elijah said to Elisha, stay here, the Lord is sending me on to Bethel. But Elisha replied, as the Lord lives, and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. So they went down to Bethel. The sons of the prophets who were at Bethel came out to Elisha and said, do you know that today, the Lord will take your master away from you? He said, yes, I know be quiet and Elijah said to him Elisha stay here the Lord is sending me to Jericho so they've gone to Bethel they they're doing the thing that they're supposed to do and there's people who are trying to encourage Elisha and Elijah's trying to distract Elisha and there's all of this stuff happening but Elisha's like no no I'm going with you wherever you go wherever God is calling you I am there I'm your man so they go to Bethel now they're on their way to Jericho. Picking up in verse four says Elisha said, the Lord lives as you yourself live, I will not leave you. So they went to Jericho. Then the sons of the prophets who were in Jericho came up to Elisha and said, do you know that the Lord will take your master away from you today? Elisha responds, yes, I know, be quiet. Elijah then looks at him and he says, stay here, Okay, stay here. We're in Jericho. Stay here. The Lord is sending me to the Jordan. It's a very interesting conversation that keeps happening, right? Elijah's like, hey, I got to go here. And Elisha says, yes, let's. And Elijah's like, no, I I don't think you should. And then they go to where they're going. They do what they're supposed to do. And Elijah's like, hey, I got to go somewhere else now, right? I got to go down the street. Don't worry about it. Don't, don't, Don't stress. Just just stay here. And Elisha's like, no, 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 no. I have to be where you are going. This is what I've committed my life to. And and there's something that is greater for me where you are going than where I happen to be. And so for the third time, Elijah's like, hey, hey, I got to move. Elisha says, no, no, I'm with you. I'm your God. Elisha responds again, as the Lord lives and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. So the two of them went on. 50 men from the sons of the prophets came and stood observing them at a distance while the two of them stood by the Jordan. Elijah took his mantle, he rolled it up, he struck the water which parted to the right and the left and the two of them crossed over on dry ground. I know that's not the first time that you have heard something like this. And I believe that when God communicates to us through scripture multiple times that we should listen to and hear the things that echo. And so what is it that God is wanting to do in your life that he keeps inviting people who are communicating to you through his word, that there is a splitting of water and some dry ground, some miraculous ground for you to walk on top of. The two of them crossed over on the dry ground and when they had crossed over, Elijah said to Elisha, tell me what I can do for you before I am taken from you. So Elisha answered this, please let me inherit two shares of your spirit. Other ways to say it is like, I want a double portion of what has been going on in your life. You've raised kids from the dead. You have spoken to kings and queens. You have stood on mountains against other uh, religions and other prophets. You have done incredible things. You just split water. Hey, hey, I want double of what it is that you have. I've been following you all this time. I've seen it with my own eyes. I wanna be twice as good as that. And more than being twice as good, it's more about having twice as much of an awareness a practice of the presence of God. I want to be so close to God through his spirit to do the things that he's called me to do because I need to keep going on when you are not here with me anymore. Elijah replied, you've asked for something difficult. If you see me being taken from you, you will have it. If not, you won't. As they continued walking and talking, a chariot of fire with horses of fire suddenly appeared and separated the two of them. Then Elijah went up into heaven in the whirlwind. And as Elisha watched, he kept crying out, My father, my father, the chariots and the horsemen of Israel. I think this is such a cool story. And I remember reading as a kid, being like, Why isn't this a movie? Like, this is unbelievable. There are horses and chariots swooping in from heaven in a whirlwind and they pick up buddy and then they just take off in like this hurricane tornado cyclone thing like this is unbelievable it's so hard to imagine it's so hard to fathom but there's a few things that i I see here in in how Elisha handles the road to Bethel How how Elisha handles the road towards the place of God where God is that how Elisha handles the relationship that he is in with the king of all kings the 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 ruler of heavens and earth and again we see that he keeps persisting he just keeps going. He has all kinds of reason. Maybe his sorrow, maybe some regret, maybe some satisfaction even. Man, I've I've gone to Bethel. I've gone to Jericho and, and I'm good. I, I have experienced everything that I've experienced up to this point, but he just keeps persisting and he he is brave and he is bold and on his journey, he asks for something that is unreasonable. He has an unreasonable hope, this, this, this ridiculous ask that I would have twice as much as what's in front of me because he knows that God is that good to be able to honor that request. But what he learns is that it's not just about asking, it's about persisting. It's not just about asking, it's about persisting. When we want something from heaven, it's it's not enough to, to cry or to beg for. But that there's actual practical steps. There's practical application. And he receives instruction from, from his mentor. He receives instruction from Elijah that says, if you're willing to pay attention, if you can focus on what God is doing right here, right now, and what he's about to do right there in that moment, you will have what it is that you were looking for. And so I think this is this beautiful uh, encouragement there for what is it that you are looking to find from your father in heaven? What, What good thing is ahead of you that you are desperately in need of to accomplish, not just the work that God has called you to do, but that you would know him in a deeper and a more intimate way. Hey, hey, just keep going. If he stops in Bethel, he doesn't get it. If he stops in Jericho, he doesn't get it. If he stops in Jordan, he doesn't get it. He needs to keep moving and he needs to stay focused. And, and I just believe, again, being steadfast and immovable in the midst of it all. We see that there, there are people who keep coming uh, up in the road trip, interrupting Elisha saying, hey, hey, guess what? Your man's leaving, like God is taking him away from you. What are you gonna do? And, and, and he just, he, he learns to quiet them and he says, it's fine, it's okay. I know, I'm, I'm moving forward. And, and we don't know if that's a celebration. We, we don't know if that's them being like, are, are you okay? Like, do you wanna go for a coffee? Do you wanna talk about it? And sometimes we have people telling us all the time, all the things that they think that we need to hear. But we have to get to the place where we hear what God has for us and we need to keep moving towards those things. I hope this doesn't sound too redundant. I hope that there's uh, an encouragement. I hope that there's something inside of you that's stirring and that that is welling up, that's starting to bubble over and, and that you are hearing this common theme of just keep going. What you're looking for is on the other side of where you are at. Don't stop, there is more. And in a day where there are so many different opinions and so many different divisions that that are popping up on a regular basis, people debating this or that, and, and the world seemingly feels upside down. My reminder to you is this, that God is still speaking. He is still with us. And more importantly, He is still God. Hey, just keep going. So Elijah's taken up in the whirlwind. Elisha is there by himself. And as we think through the next few minutes before I close as to what that looks like, I want to read the rest of the story. And So join me here. When he could no longer see him, he took hold of his own clothes. This is Elisha. And he tore them in two. He picked up the mantle that had fallen off of Elijah and went back and stood on the bank of the Jordan. He took the mantle Elijah had dropped and he struck the water. Where is the Lord God of Elijah, he asked. He struck the water himself and it parted to the right and to the left and Elisha crossed over. He got what he was looking for. He persisted and he carried on. He did the things that he knew he needed to do to allow God to show that he was faithful at keeping his promise. When the sons of the prophets from Jericho were observing, saw him, they said, "'The spirit of Elijah rests on Elisha.' And they came down to meet him and bowed down to the ground in front of him. Then the sons of the prophets said to Elisha, "'Since there are 50 strong men here with your servants, "'please let them go and search for your master.' Maybe the Spirit of the Lord has carried him away and put him on one of the mountains or into one of the valleys. He answered, don't send them. However, they urged him to the point of embarrassment. So he said, send them. They sent 50 men who looked for three days but did not find him. When they returned to him in Jericho where he was staying, he said to them, didn't I tell you not to go? The men of the city said to Elisha, my Lord can see that even though the city's location is good, the water is bad and the land is unfruitful. He replied, bring me a new bowl and put salt in it. After they had brought him one, Elisha went out into the spring and threw salt on it and said, this is what the Lord says. I have healed this water. No longer will death nor unfruitfulness result from it. Therefore, The water still remains healthy today, according to the word that Elisha spoke. Here's what I see. God loves us, and everyone else has a wonderful plan for our lives. (laughs) Think about it. Elisha, he's he's conflicted. He has this this crazy moment, again, another encounter with, with God where a mantle is involved, a mentor is involved. Uh, he has this, this beautiful transaction that takes place where he gets exactly what it is that he's looking for. And then he is grieving, like he he's on the mountaintop and then he's right in the valley. I, I got the double portion, I, I, I got the opportunity, I, I felt the presence of God, I've witnessed a miracle, but I'm grieving. I am sad, I am experiencing lost. I am here and I am there. And Bob says he, he tears his clothes. Uh, and in the middle of all of the celebration and in the sadness, as, as God is preparing him for the next step of his ministry and his adventure, a bunch of people who want to see God do something for them show up and they're like, yo, what's up? Um, hey, look, I know you're here. And I know that um, you've been walking with Elijah. I know that you've been walking with God. I know that you've witnessed and that you've experienced and that you've even facilitated miracles. Um, we need a miracle for where we're from. Okay, Our situation is desperate. We have water that isn't good and it's not good for our land and it's not good for our people. We need a miracle. Can we find someone else? Okay? Will you show us to your leader? Hey. Will you bring me to church so I can hear from your pastor? Hey, will you bring me to talk to your material could you give me a book to show me what it is that I need to know and that I need to listen to? And what I love is that Elisha in on all of his emotions, he he practices a humility and he he entertains it and he lets them go try and find Elisha. Now he knows that Elisha isn't there and he knows that he is now the man. He knows that now God is using him to do incredible things, but he allows these people to go and try and find it their own way until they realize that they can't, that it doesn't work, and they return back to him. But again, he's on a road trip. He's no longer in Jordan. He's back in Jericho, and they find him because when people are desperate for God to move, they find people who know the presence of God, and they find Elisha. And he performs the miracle, and they're celebratory, and they're thankful, they're grateful for him. And uh, what we learn is, is that Elisha, in his humility, filled with great purpose, hearing the voice of God, practicing the presence, doing the things that disciples do, he continues to move. He continues to move. He just keeps going and he leaves there and, and pick up in verse 23, it says this from there speaking Jericho, Elisha went up to Bethel as he was walking up the path. Some small boys came out of the city and jeered him chanting, go up Baldy, go up Baldy. He turned around and he looked at them and he cursed them in the name of the Lord. Then two female bears came out of the woods and mauled 42 of the children. From there, Elisha went to Mount Carmel and he returned to Samaria. Now, this isn't the greatest way to end the story. Like not at all. Elisha, you're doing all these amazing things. You just witnessed your man go to heaven in a, in a tornado, in a hurricane, in a cyclone with fiery horses and chariots. And, and you're, you're witnessing miracles. You just split the water and walked on dry ground again. And, and you just healed people's water. There's a whole city that's going to be better for it. And then a few kids come up to you and make fun of you because you're bald. You sent bears out of the woods. To eat them? That is bizarre. That would be crazy. And what I have to say is that (laughs) it reads like that. But when we look at the context and when we look at the meaning of what's happening here, there's a far more uh, apparent and far more beautiful uh, story to be told in closing with this and the idea of being steadfast and movable and the idea of shaking the dust, off of your feet when people don't accept the message that's in front of you, as we learned in Matthew chapter 10, as Jesus sends the disciples out. What we see is that Elisha still in mission, still on mission, doesn't live in the miracle of what happened yesterday. He's pursuing the path towards the presence of God for today. Again, not getting stuck. He just keeps Moving, And then these young men who would have been more like his age than not, they, they come out and instead of cheering and being like, man, this is amazing what God has done in your life and what he's going to continue to do in your life, they start mocking them and basically say, what you believe is nonsense. These are prophets of a different version. These are prophets of a different God. These are not people who are encouraging and forwarding the kingdom of heaven. They're actually just people who who are frustrated and they are against who Elisha is and what he represents. They look at him in his baldness. And what we learn later on in different passages of scripture is that Elisha was not a bald man. He was actually quite hairy, but as a custom of his day, when he was mourning and grieving the loss of his friend, his friend has disappeared. And as amazing as that meant, of as amazing as that was for him, and how much it meant for him to step into what God was calling him to do next, he legitimately misses his friend. He's grieved that Elijah is no longer with him. And so he tears his clothes, we read. But what we also learn throughout scripture is that it was a custom for them to put ash on their head and, and to grieve and to mourn. And then he would cut his hair as a, and it was a signifier that there, there's, there's a lot of emotion here. There's a lot of grief that has happened here. And so these young men not only come out and mock what it is, uh, what he believes, but they, they mock his pain. Uh, They mock his feeling of loss in the world as he's navigating everything. Because we know that walking with Jesus is beautiful as it is. We still have questions and concerns and doubts. And and the invitation is just to keep moving. And as he keeps moving, they are mocking his walk. It reminds me a lot of the world we live in right now, especially on social media. And you've seen it. There are so many divisions and so many different um, points of contention uh, as we try to walk out this thing called faith uh, uh, through discipleship in Jesus Christ. There are people who are disappointed and hurt, there are people who have, uh, for legitimate reasons, stopped walking. And for those of us that have seen church hurt and have seen church pain and have seen and heard wrongdoing Um, we understand and we empathize with those that are on the side of the road in the ditch saying "I, i am actually so hurt i can't walk forward anymore it's not that i don't want to but it's not it's that i can't trust or that i'm not sure if if god is good because of what people have done to me along the way and we see that people are insulting and hurling all kinds of offensive narratives we even see people who have used to be a part of the path towards jesus who are saying that that path doesn't exist and and that we are foolish and that we are harming um, the general public we we are against humanity if we are for jesus and the mission that he has called us to and Elisha finds himself again between cheers and jeers just like we find ourselves some people being like you're doing awesome you're a world changer God has got the best for you he his best days are not behind you he is with you you are going to be a champion the the world needs you to keep going and on the other side hey you are hateful you are not for everybody you um don't know what you believe the story that you read you thought that you understood but it actually means this what you represent isn't good anymore it's old school it's outdated and we don't want to see your tears because you caused them now understandably so the church through the years has done some things that are ungodly, that are offside that have allowed us to be criticized legitimately. And I need you to know today that it's not the heart of God. And we can go through scripture uh, and argue many different points, but we know that we serve a God who cares very intimately to the point where it says that he catches our tears, that he sees us and that he meets us right where we are along the way. My challenge to you today is in the middle of all the cheering and all the jeering and the noise, good things behind you and better things ahead of you. That you would continue to just take step after step after step after step practicing the presence of God, worshiping and considering His Word, living a life of obedience and pressing on. Just don't stop here. Just keep going because what God has for you is far greater than what you can try to stop Stop in the middle of the road and argue about. What God has for you is so much better than what you, what clever thing you can say on that uh, Facebook or Instagram post. What God has for you is so much better than you trying to have to defend him. He is his own great defender, and hey, he is your great defender as well. My friend, just keep going. The road to Bethel is long. The road to the house of God is long but he is with you here and he will be with you there and i believe that he's got greater things ahead for you in jesus name let's pray god i thank you for today i pray in this very layered and vast depth of scripture that we find ourselves in today in all of the here and all of the there and all of the places and everything in between that we have Learn from and reference god i pray that you would help us live with that steadfast immovable posture that gets us away from the ditches and into your grace we love you i pray for those that don't know you yet that are listening here lord that they would be comforted by your presence right where you find them in the middle of the uncertainty in the middle of the opinions god i am confident that you can speak so clearly to them as they pursue you. For those of us who have been on the road for quite a while and have found ourselves stumbling and wondering, I'm thankful that there's ways for that too. For those of us who are laying on the side, not sure if we can continue and are looking for people to help us up to get back to health on the road, God, I pray that you would meet each and every one of us right where we are and that you would send us the right people and that we would be sent to the right people in order to walk this out in togetherness. God, I am thankful that you are not done yet, that you still speak, and that greater things are still yet to come. We thank you for the road, and we thank you for the road trips of those that went before us, so that we can be encouraged by who you are in their lives, so that we can believe it and add value um, to our lives by encouraging ourselves by your word and through your character, in Jesus' name, amen. We hope that you enjoyed this edition of the Vivid Church podcast. For more information about Vivid Church, check out our website at www.vivid.church or look us up on Instagram at vivid.church. Have the best day.